0: Hey, everybody, Melissa McKenzie, publisher of the American Spectator here on the Spectacle Podcast with Scott McKay, contributing editor of the American Spectator and also publisher of the Hayride and Reviver.com, and also best selling author of Revenge, Racism and Ruin. The best-selling book or Revenge, r- Ruin, re- I don't know. Racism,
1: Revenge, and Ruin.
0: Racism, but you almost and... got
1: it, so good I for I almost
0: got it, thank you. I gave a field college try, and you can buy that book at Amazon. I encourage you to do so. It explains the state of the Democratic Party right now, and it is Obama's party. Now, but we're not going to talk about that today, Scott, because Okay. what we're going to talk about is even as bad as the Obama Democrat Party is right now, the Republicans somehow managed to be worse. And as per usual, are snatching uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory. Is that right? Am I saying it right? I feel like uh, George W. Bush, you know, malapropism, Um and uh
1: yeah, don't misunderestimate yourself
0: i miss I, <laughs> I actually do that quite a bit um anyway so um you know we've got plenty of examples of this one the chief one is involves your favorite man and mine uh senate leader mitch mcconnell so you know take it away
1: well So, all right, let's set the stage, right? We have a wide open border. We have an invasion from millions of people from the third world who are coming. Um, They're destroying quality of life in practically every city in America, taxing social services. Um, There's a story somewhere, and I can't remember which hospital it is, is now stuck with a $130 million bill or tab that illegals have rung up and they'll never get paid for it, right? And so this hospital is on the verge of going bankrupt if the taxpayers don't kick in and save it. Um, And that's, you know, one of many. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got schools in New York City where the kids are no longer welcome to come to class because the illegals have taken over the school and turned it into a refugee camp. Um, And this kind of stuff happens all over the place. It's starting to look like uh, blue cities are the kind of ground zero for the border invasions, damage that it's that's being done, mm-hmm. and so you got left wing mayors freaking out, whereas conservatives across America have been furious about this since twenty twenty one. Before um, that, though, is, no, I think before oh, that, yeah, but like this fresh, you know, yeah. wave of of migrants has you know has turned. You know, the Republican electorate, at least completely nuclear. Mm -hmm. Um, And amid all of this, I mean, you have probably the most explosive political issue in modern American history that is fixing to play out in the 2020 elections. So what do Senate Republicans do? They concoct an amnesty plan with the Democrats. And are in the process of trying to force voice this on the house. And of course, Mike Johnson, the house speaker tweets out when this plan uh, comes out. Absolutely not. Um, Which I hope he sticks to it. The problem is we don't know if he has 218 votes in the house to make absolutely not actual policy as opposed to his personal preference.
0: Yeah, but so the, that's but a wait, wait, wait. Does it don't they have the I mean the committee chairs? They don't have to let something out of committee, right?
1: You wouldn't think so, no. But I mean, so I mean, you know, w- what's gonna happen? This is all part of this massive foreign aid bill, sixty mm-hmm. billion dollars to Ukraine and so on and so forth. And so the pressure is gonna get ratcheted up again and again and again. Meanwhile, the House already passed an immigration security bill, yeah. which is pretty good, right? And if and if and if it were enacted, and the executive branch actually followed it, um, you could probably get a pretty good handle on all of this immigration stuff immediately. Like for example, it would do away with the catch and release stuff. It would bring back remain in Mexico, so that all these people don't cross the border and then say, "Oh, I need political asylum," mm-hmm. right? it's like well you don't need political asylum your country sucks which is why you're here and didn't get it but that doesn't make you special um you know in joe biden's world the fact that you could ultimately or your kids could ultimately become democrat voters does make you special and therefore you must be allowed to come in and waste all of the resources that should be spent on american citizens that our tax dollars pay for well this is um, you
0: know wait wait the to to your specific point right now in Chicago today like the Chicago mayor had a complete meltdown about what's happening and all the black activists in Chicago are like this is ridiculous all you know we don't have enough resources for our community and what are you doing basically
1: yeah I mean for like a brief shining moment these people are starting to sound like Republicans well <laughs> it's right like, you know, well, it's your party doing this to you. So, you know, what are you going to do about it? And the answer is nothing. Um, you know, which is why, uh, and we're recording this segment on Tuesday. Uh, I, I have a thing at the American Spectator today saying what needs to happen is that Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, who is, you know, in the center of all this and has been busing migrants to all of these blue cities around the country, needs to focus his stuff to dc bus after bus after bus after bus after bus of migrants from texas to dc and drop them off in front of the supreme court which just uh on monday denied um um texas the i, I don't want to say the right but uh what did they do they they had they had there was an injunction to stop the border patrol from cutting the barbed wire that Texas had started putting up on the northern bank of the Rio Grande. Uh, And the Supreme Court had let that injunction stand and now they've dissolved the injunction. And so the border patrol supposedly can now cut the razor wire and start escorting people into the country and processing them. Um, Which is, in case you've missed this, the money that the Biden administration is talking about spending on border security is money that's going to be spent on processing illegals into the country so that they're not, you know, like stashed somewhere awaiting processing. They want to speed up the processing of these people into America, like not stopping them from coming or sending them home once they get here, okay? It's to process them into the country. And then give them a court date for their asylum hearing eight years from now, by which time they will probably have had children. Okay, And now you have anchor babies. Mm -hmm. None of this is an accident. It's all a design thing. And the weird part about it is their own people are turning on them because of the the human cost of this and what it's doing to these cities that are all Democrats. Can, we, not explain, to wait, the fact can that, we
0: explain why yeah. this is being done? It's not just for the votes. One of the things that has been... Cons- I mean, it is for the
1: votes, but you're right.
0: It's not, but not just. The reason why you're not seeing much Republican pushback, and in fact, you're seeing Mitch McConnell try to uh, appease the uh, immigration gods here with um, this legislation, is because he's trying to appease the money people, both left and right, Who want cheap labor? Yeah. So one of the things that happened during COVID is a lot of the illegal immigrants went back home because they had more freedom and more ability to work back in Mexico or wherever they were from. Well, a lot of restaurants in particular lost workers, um, you know, processing plants, all sorts of kind of you know, things that are not immediately obvious jobs, um, just went down the tubes. And so the, you know, the business owners and everybody here, and I'm talking like big corporate types, um, want the cheap labor.
1: Yeah. One
0: And one of the things that, um, you know, Americans have to reconcile is that without those workers, things are going to be more expensive. And there were, you know, you'll go to the restaurant, it'll be more expensive. You'll, uh, building a house will be more expensive. It's an inflationary pressure thing without um, these, you know, workers. But the problem oh. is, is we've got too many now and they're taxing social services because there's no jobs to be had because these people aren't ed- educated and, and, can't even speak English, and, and this is a different, this is, has become a crisis because it's just, we're flooded, it's just, over the, the economy's ability to absorb these folks has way been outstripped by the numbers of people here, and,
1: now right, you have a big, you have a skills gap, and it's, and it's a multifaceted skills gap, so the people that are coming across the border have no skills, generally speaking, these are, Unskilled workers, there is a very, very high illiteracy rate for a lot of these folks. Okay, so you know it's like Trump said, they're not sending us their best, right? Um, so you know, you're basically getting a peasant invasion coming into the country. And, you know, what do these people know about the American economy where they can plug themselves in and do stuff? Typically speaking, it's very bottom-end jobs. Well. The left has been for years devaluing those jobs, um, you know, by demanding minimum wage increases across the country that largely price them out um, and also bring technology in to replace some of those workers. So and while also reducing the skills of kids coming out of school by turning the K-12 schools into woke indoctrination camps where you don't learn how to be a worker, right? Like your first job, you're not prepared for because school hasn't prepared you. So we have got an entire class of people at the bottom rung of our society, citizens, who are struggling to fill those jobs with anything even remotely um, uh, resembling a level of competence that that people want. And you get this every time you go to a fast food joint or anywhere else where you're going to deal with like really low wage people. It's nothing like it was 15 or 20 years ago where you would meet somebody in a low wage job and immediately think, you know, that guy or that girl's going places, you'd never see them. Um, And a lot of that is the cultural institutions have dumbed down Uh, people so badly that they can't progress through those jobs. And so you have this massive hole in the economy for semi-skilled people, okay, like people who can progress above a minimum wage job and then be taught real marketable skills because the schools don't prepare you for that by any means like it used to be. You also have fewer of them because you have an aging population and we are not making enough kids in America. Right. All right. And then you bring all these people in that don't even speak the language, can't read or write in their own language, much less anything else, Like, don't even understand the American values and work ethic that, that, um that, you know, used to mark previous waves of immigrants. I mean, the people from Southern Europe and so forth, like, they came here willing to work their butts off to, and we're all bought in on the idea of becoming an American. Like these guys are here for welfare in a lot of cases.
0: Well, and the thing so is, you have
1: like... all of these different things that just completely don't work. And the only thing that, like you said, Mitch McConnell's money guys, or, Oh, he'd get the cheap labor. It's like, yeah, but it's not good labor. Like you're not going to be satisfied with that. And Oh, by the way, you know, you're going to get your taxes raised through the sky to pay for the social cost of these people. And then, like, what ultimately happens is is some of these companies are going to move the plant to some of these countries these people came from to get cheap labor and, and, you know, less political risk. So the whole thing is a complete mess. The other part of this is, you know, and this is always kind of in the back of your mind once you learn about it, this is Cloward-Piven theory. Like yeah. this is this is break the system down by overloading it with uh, people that are that are drawing from it, and then you collapse everything, and that's how you can bring whatever the socialist society that these people want. Like this stuff is straight Cloward-Piven. You know, I mean, it, it's it's pretty close to the original Cloward-Piven strategy, which was. Go sign everybody up for the welfare programs. Well, they've already done that. Now it's go bring in millions of people who immediately get, whether they even sign up or not, they sign them up for the welfare programs um, as part of processing them into the country. They get a, a, a debit card that gets refilled every month. I mean, it's a complete, it's a nightmare. Uh, the fact that they're doing this, and it's going to absolutely break the country. There's no question about it. Well, And you would think the Republicans would be like, absolutely not. We're ready to go to war on this deal. And instead, Mitch McConnell and James Lankford want to go cut a deal with Chuck Schumer. Well, you
0: today they have a picture of an Azerbaijani uh, Muslim terrorist who just got out of jail for... For, for 13 years after trying to overthrow the Azerbaijan gr- government. He was caught at the border today. And, mm-hmm. you know, my question is, um, you know, we have so many um, uh, Chinese nationals. And the thing is, is that these are not like the the students who are coming in on a visa or something. Um, you pretty much have to assume that every Chinese person coming into the country this way is a communist looking to um you know subvert our government. So I mean the we and like there the interesting thing, I saw one video in New York City. Of course, they're housing um these illegals and you know, really nice hotels in in New York. And these guys were in from sub-Saharan Africa in different countries over there, spoke English, but they had been told by the people who brought them in not to say anything. And so like they were pretending to not speak English. And so when the guy who was videotaping them and asking them questions, they're like, mm, what are you saying? They knew they spoke English and they knew what he was saying. And so, like, there's, there's a whole lot of um, really evil stuff happening, and it's at the behest of our government. This is planned and coordinated. And all of these... Yeah. The, the other thing about this is all of the NGOs that are associated with getting these people into the country... They're all democratically run organizations yeah. who are making money on grants from the government. So the taxpayers Correct. are funding leftist organizations to bring in people to vote for Democrats. This is a right. vote-kidding machine uh, and operation. And the, that is clever. I give them credit. The Republicans are for it. So then you yeah. go, why is Mitch McConnell for helping the Democrats, for funding Democrat institutions to produce more Democratic voters, who will be uh, sucking off the system? Why is it okay with him? And could it possibly be that, um, you know, him being paid off by the Chinese government? We have almost all of our leaders um, being uh, in the deep pockets of foreign countries, And so, like, you cannot trust any of these people to have the Americans' interests at heart. And so, like, I saw uh, Ian Bremmer, who's just so damn annoying, put out a a thing on Twitter today saying that uh, trust in some Scandinavian government was, like, 70%. And then in America, it's 31%. You don't say. We don't have a trustworthy government. I want to know who the 31% of people here in America are the actually for, yeah, for, for the government. Yeah, they work for the government.
1: That's that's why they trust the government. I mean, Their paychecks just, come every two weeks.
0: Exactly. It's just absurd. So, you know, this whole situation back to the point of our conversation, which is Republicans screwing themselves, having an obvious win and stealing the uh, the win out of uh, making it into a defeat. Constantly yeah. Always. And this isn't the only yeah. example of that. I mean, I, I think back to Lindsey Graham saying five minutes after Roe v. Wade was overturned, basically saying, we need a national law for anti-abortion. And right. I was like, you're actually helping the opposition. Well, and intention- Lindsey, is-
1: Lindsey Graham knew damn well what he was doing. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. And
1: these guys know damn well what they're doing now, right? They know damn well that, uh, that the border and immigration as it stands right now will absolutely 100% sink the Democrat Party because the fact of the matter is they're not going to be able to turn out the vote in those big blue cities the way they want to turn it out because of what their you know migrant invaders have done to those cities. Southside Chicago is not going to turn out for Democrats this fall because they're so angry and what the Democrats have done to their community. And of course, the other side of it is, is that Hispanic Americans, it's their neighborhoods that are being inundated with these people, and their quality of life has dropped off significantly, and they're moving to the Republicans as a result. So you've got massive pieces of the Democrats' coalition that are falling apart over this issue. If you are even remotely interested in winning, You would be leveraging that with one message after another saying, this is Joe Biden and Barack Obama's creation. They've done it. Obama started this stuff when he was president. They made him out to be the deporter-in-chief, and all that was a lie. He put in place all of the policies that are now metastasizing into an invasion. And Joe Biden is 100% keeping that gate open. And if you put us in power, we will shut it, and we will start sending people home. And that's it. And you say, you will pass HR2 if you want this fixed. It's the only thing that we know will work. All of this amnesty, you know, grand bargain, BS has to go. There's too much damage already been done, and these people have to go home, period. That's it. The American people will get behind that message 100%. You've got people in the House that want to do it, but you have the Senate that is destroying that narrative and the ability to monetize it. And it's being done on purpose because those guys like to lose. And Mitch McConnell is bought and paid for, and his lieutenants are also bought and paid for. Plain and simple, that's what's going on, folks. You think, okay, okay, wait,
0: you think that... I, I actually think they view it as a win. I mean, because their pocketbooks are lined, and so they're- Well, winning. they
1: view it as a win because they, they, they're they doing what they got paid to do. But, right. I mean, look, Mitch McConnell loves the idea of being the minority leader in the Senate, okay? Yeah. You don't have to actually do anything, and you can you can sit there with your hand out and get paid to give the other side wins, Okay. That's been his game since 2007 when he took over the caucus. And the sad thing is, is that they won't run him off. He's half dead. The guy is almost as cognitively gone as Biden. He falls down and hurts himself all the time. If he had any pride whatsoever, he'd go home to Kentucky. All right? But he doesn't care because the getting is really good for him. And all of his lieutenants have have signed on to that same game. And this guy Lankford, who's putting this deal together, is like, oh, no, that's what's reported is not what's in the deal. And it's like, fine, what's in the deal, James? What do you got for us? And he has not come out with, no, 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 this is really what we're doing. He just said, well, what the media reported is not true. Yeah. It is until you show us something else. (sighs) Ah. So, so
0: you know, and here's the thing: one of the reasons why the Republicans and and McConnell's doing this now is because they know that Trump has said that what he's going to do is he's going to um, deport these people. And so, yes. like, if so, this blanket am- amnesty bull crap is to get to make sure all of these pe these uh, migrants, these whatever people get to stay it's insane sure. so sure. you know once it began you know just like uh, mccain completely sabotaged you know obamacare and and you know enshrined it essentially as his last dying fu to the republican party you have republicans who uh sabotage the republican party out of pure hatred for the base and also for trump and it's all with the eyes on the future, and they and the thing is, I have said this, and I think I believe this is still true. I think M- Mitch McConnell would prefer uh, Biden in charge to Trump any day of the week. Oh, and, no question. No and question. And so, like you have enough Republicans who, you know. It's it's, I would say it's about the same percentage of the elected officials as it is in the party itself, the ones who would be voting for Nikki Haley tomorrow in in, um, New Hampshire, that those people, about 20% of the GOP would prefer Democrats. They just like to, there's a couple key um, Republican platform pieces that they like better, or they stylistically don't like Democrats or something like that. But you know when people talk about the uniparty it's those that's what we're talking about right uh okay so yeah. um if trump actually by some chance gets elected and all these illegals don't vote on, vote for the democrats and you know biden wins uh does the w- the the republican party change to a party of winning
1: at long last Well, i'll put it to you like this um If you begin to have a leadership structure within the party, now, I mean, you know, if Trump wins, Trump is going to have to get rid of Ronald McDaniel and bring in somebody who's a party chair that is, you know, MAGA, America First, Revivalist. That's got to be done. The one I would, I fantasize that he would actually do would be to put Ramaswamy in as the party chair. Because what he could do in one term as as party chair would be to wipe out that Bush Republican remnant of the party in terms of, you know, like, look, we're not putting any resources toward that. Um, The
0: party chair. It'd be
1: huge if you could do that. What's that?
0: I I think that would be a waste of Ramaswamy putting him as.
1: Well, it probably would. Okay, but. You need somebody good in that role whose job is going to be, look, we're going to complete the change of this party to something that reflects the vast majority of the electorate rather than the donor class and Washington establishment. And that was not done when Trump won in 16. Um, So uh, like that, I think, is, is a key that you've got to recalibrate this party to fight Obama uh, Democrats. And that really has never been adequately done. And mm-hmm. I think it has cost at least three election cycles, 18, 20, and 22, um, if not going back further than that. Uh, I don't and see and it if you happening. don't fix it, what's that?
0: I don't see it happening,
1: but okay. Well, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying this is what needs to
0: happen. Yeah.
1: Um, if you want to fix this, this is what you're going to have to do and hopefully trump has a plan for it um you know he's going to have to be better than he's been i'll just say that and i'm not you know i'm not saying that that uh that this is possible or not possible but you have to complete the transition of the party from losers to winners and we are very much uh in doubt as to as to whether that's doable or in process at the moment
0: well, you heard it here, everybody. Uh, Scott McKay has the solutions for the Republican Party, which, if history is any indication, the Republican Party will not listen to and will not implement. Because right. why were the loser party? And yeah, exactly. it's embarrassing after all these years um, to to even be affiliated, which is why so many Republicans are going independent, you know, and uh, just... Right. just Fed up with the whole thing. Okay, so like and subscribe. Subscribe actually also to the American Spectator. You know, we yes. Scott and I were talking about this. There's a myriad of small ways that you can make a difference. Like subscribing is a really low, low commitment type of way to, to help get the news and everything else out, out that you want. So uh please like and subscribe, share and um it seems that all of you guys are liking our shorter podcasts you know feel free to comment and yep. and give us feedback on that you can reach me at mckenzie m a c k e n z i e m at spectator.org
1: and scott where can people reach you scott mckay m c k a y scott mckay all one word at reviver r v i v r.com
0: So, you know, give us your feedback and thank you for listening. We'll see you next time, folks, and hopefully we'll be winners next time you see us.